Podcasting straight from North Carolina is Dr. Jennifer Eichner-Lowry sharing her author journey with you. Jen Lowry writes is a place where amazing things happen for authors and readers together. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate podcast host. Jen is just the bird singing the song. She is a published author, educator, homeschool mama, life coach, and dreamer. Join her on the daily journey of discovering what this writing life is all about. Let's see what she will be led by the Holy Spirit to talk about today. Here's Jen. Thanks for supporting my Jen Lowry Writes podcast. My purpose is to inspire and encourage others to chase after their writing goals with faith and courage. By hitting the support this podcast button and with your monthly contribution of 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99, you are helping me chase after mine. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Jen Lowry Writes. Okay, today I have got a tremendous show for everybody. I cannot wait to introduce you guys to Jim Fenton. Guys, I'm showing you his book, First Circle. Do you see the loveliness on my screen? I want to let you guys know that you're supposed to go out and get First Circle, but not yet. Because you got to meet the author behind the magic of this book. So I want to read his bio to you and then we're going to take it away. Uh, Jim Fenton is an executive coach, leadership development consultant, and talent management executive. He currently leads an entrepreneurial consulting practice with more than 35 years of experience in premier professional services firms. Jim brings significant perspective to his consulting engagements and writing. Prior to launching his independent practice, Jim was a partner with McKinsey and Company, was managing partner and director for global resources for AT&T Solutions, and served as chief administrative officer with CEB. Jim holds an MBA from the Wharton School, University of Pennsylvania, and a BS in mathematics from Albright College. Complementing his business career, Jim is a freelance writer and creative. He and his wife, Beth, have three adult children and split their time between Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and Osbury Park, New Jersey. Welcome, Jim. Jen, Welcome. thanks for having me. I am so excited to be here and spend some time with you. I mean, I follow in your slipstream as a prolific author versus me with a, a fledgling one novel. Uh, a wonderful five-star one novel wow. and the beginning, I believe, of many. <laughs> well, you are too kind. Because for one, guys, you start this novel, you get to the end, and you are absolutely in love with characters, with their lives. You need more. And you give us a little hint maybe that there could be a next mission. Yeah, is, there could is, be. Is there could a plan? Be. Let me just ask you this. I can't wait till the end of the show to say what's next usually. <laughs> but like, do you see a plan for First Circle? Well, I've I've played with the idea. So that's why the prompt is there in the epilogue that it sort of tees it up. And I want to see a little bit how this is received by the audience over time. And there is the potential that we could go on another journey. Uh, and But in the same breath, I could also see comfort in this is a complete story in and of itself. 
that could come to a close and then move into maybe contiguous or, or adjacent space of some sort that could be similar, but maybe take it with different characters. So time will tell. So let me just give you guys the heads up. When you go and you look at the description of the book, you know, right away, you use the words that this is a possible interaction maybe with a supernatural or a guardian angel. So I am not giving spoiler alerts here, guys. Y'all know I'm going to try my best not to. But I'm going to tell you, Jim, when I read it, I did not look at your description. Okay. Because I did like I wanted to experience. So I had no clue what was happening. I didn't understand like how many characters, what we were having, anything. I was like, okay, I'm reading this book. Um, I got to get this book. I'm going through it and I'm going to experience as if I'm just that blind reader, not knowing. So when I first started having encounters in the book with the messages, I'm thinking electronics. Huh? Popcorn, tea bags. What is up? What is up? Is sure. this an alien? Is this a this? I didn't get the angel part at the very beginning. I said, there's got to be some kind of maybe a supernatural thing. Then when I looked at the description, I screamed out loud and I was like, oh, I should find a read that to begin with. The first one would have hit me in that way. And I was like, ah, but I love that that journey you took me on of discovery. Excellent. I'm, I'm delighted to hear that. So you yeah. never know how people are going to embrace that and engage with that notion because it is outside the norm. But it was so like powerful in the way that they were all connected and working and it appears random, but it's not. Mm -hmm. And that's how I also look at the lives that we lead. Yes. And so in my life, like, for example, you know, I met Peter and then Peter brought me to you. And yes. so I look at these instances that where we meet people and when we engage with people. Mm -hmm. We learn more about them. Was it ever a random encounter or was it meant to enrich our lives in a beautiful way? Sure, sure. Or or is it something where as those encounters occur, are you using them in a beneficial way that moves both of you forward in a very constructive fashion? And yeah. I think there's a little bit of both. So I don't know that it's all planned out beforehand, but I think the events that occur come together for a reason and the reason can be for good that can emerge with some time. Our lessons learned. <laughs> yes. Are, either way. And so when you start with the book and you start with your POVs, so I, I need to, I guess I need to call her Dr. Landon. I don't think Bernice would really like me calling her Bernice. I don't <laughs> know. Um, you know, we get to meet Bernice in her hardship. Yes. In her hardest place. For sure. And we see the people around her, whether they're loosely connected or, you know, Beverly, the daughter-in-law, you know, however, you know, the connections are of how each individual person can make an impact and mm -hmm. the grand scheme of a person's experience in their life. Correct. Now, you know, regardless if you are a 14-year-old paper boy, mm -hmm. being kind having a conversation, sitting for a cup of hot chocolate, being in that moment where that person is not alone. Yes. And that they can still make a connection with youth because their, their empowerment came from their interaction with their students. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. they don't have that anymore. Correct. And, you know, and she even says, you know, I can speak 
to him better than I can relate to my own grandchildren. So she's also seeing discrepancies in how her relationships are. She's noticing it herself. I mean, it's just all around just to me, a magnificent way to explore human relationship in a fiction world. And that, that, that was in part what the intent was, was to look at that as being all of our experiences I look at as being the accumulation of snowflakes, that any one snowflake by itself melts away uh, and might be immaterial. But each one is unique, but it's still just one at a time, you'd say, eh, not that terribly material. But it's the accumulation of snowflakes with time that start to change the contours of the landscape around us. It's around the way we might view the world or the way the world is viewed to us uh, as we get that grouping together. So it's the group of people that might seemingly random, randomly show up in your life that suddenly change the direction your life might be taking. And so when I look at that, you have created this like very rich, deep landscape mm-hmm. to explore, you know, not only, you know, the connection and, and that type of thing, but you also deal with hard truths of what happens in tough times. Yes. And, you know, trigger alert there that you have kind of, you know, midway through the book and we start getting, you know, more urgent messaging, more urgent messaging. And there's a point where my heart is just caught up because I'm like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. You know, these things can only maybe mean this one thing. And yep. so as my reader experience is, is I'm going through the book, you know, I'm rushing to get to that scene too. Sure. You know, I'm in that moment rushing along going, you know, it won't be too late. We can do this. Let's do this. There was another time in the book where you did another buildup that was just so well crafted. And it was when there is a, a message and then a person walks away from a message and then a message starts to realize it starts to come. And then I like I knew it was almost as if my spirit was rocked and I knew I kind of could feel the trajectory and the pull of the words. Like I knew where it was about to go. And I felt like the Holy Spirit was bracing me for these moments within the book. Wow. Um, Yeah, I felt it. I felt very strong and I knew it. And so, and no spoiler alerts. And I know Mr. Jim knows which part I'm talking about, but (laughs) I got to that point and, and it's like, what are the messages that we're meant to like receive? And because we're such in a hurry in our life, we may miss mm-hmm. those important messages, that's, even in those. Mm-hmm. No, that that's exactly right. I mean, where sometimes we get messages that are subtle and they're, they're nudges and they're ones that you have to listen to the spirit to feel them. And sometimes they're messages from outside ourselves and outside our physical presence other times there are messages that are being helped in, in their delivery through people around us where they that's what amplifies it. That's what brings it to life more fully for us and forces us to confront those messages that we might be receiving, but we haven't been listening to uh, over over time. And that that to me is is an element that I tried to thread in to the way this circle comes together throughout the novel. And you did. You you crafted it so well. 
And when I started, like when I started going and I did not realize the PO, the POV shifts because I didn't read the description to see like how, and you do, when you go to Amazon and you can see you introduce Rusty and you introduce who Beverly is and you kind of give them a couple of little personality pieces to their puzzle sure. in the description on Amazon. I didn't know that POV was going to happen. Okay. So when I start reading, I'm reading as, okay, like I said, that blind experience. And I'm walking into this book and I'm saying, wow, come at me words. And when you hit me that way, I want to let you know, there is only one other book. There's only one other. And I am an old lady and I have read tons of books, tons of books. But Station Eleven does a magical job with POV switches. Okay. And that book had me with POV switches. Then there are many other books. And, and I know that that's based on author style and reader preference that yes. I'm trying to read different POV switches. And I got, I got lost in the shuffle of it. Your book is as seamless and as me on the road till the end, as if it was as, as comparative to me to station 11. Mm -hmm. I, I never lost the heartbeat of the story. I never lost the pace of the story. I always could go back. It wasn't like, wait, who's this character again? I need exactly. to find Carol in this again because it's been far removed. No. Good. I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm delighted I mean, to hear that, Jen. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I, I'm very pleased to hear your reaction to that because that is something that it was a concern as I was going into it. And as I got further along saying, will people track with the way I'm telling the story? It, it was beautifully crafted. And like I said, when, you know, in the past, I will be honest, when I would read, you know, especially like three to five character POV switches, I would get so kind of lost in the description. I would kind of, not that I would forget major details or anything like that. I would somehow just kind of get lost in that flow. Mm -hmm. And when I read Station Eleven, I, I did it and I was like, oh, it's just the, the beauty of the words. It is the way that I care for each one of these characters collectively and yes. individually. Mm -hmm. And so so what you've done is in a very similar fashion to that. I care about the collective. But I care about each individual. Yes. Well, I, I that's precisely what I was hoping to be able to land that punch, if you will, to get well, them individual and collective, uh, for sure. You knocked me out with it. I mean, you knocked me out, like, from, like, on into the middle of the book, I was like, okay, wow, this man is magical <laughs> in the way that you craft story. You are a true storyteller at heart. Oh, well, well, that just, that just, that, that just speaks to my heart, Jen. So you, you're... It's all so true because it was like, even in the moments when you first meet Carol and she's joking and she's warm and you see her message. Yes. And then she goes and she, you know, confers with her husband and they have their conversations about the message. Mm -hmm. And she knows that she needs to follow that next step. Yep. The minute, then I started piecing those together and I was like, okay, so I know what now HH means. Go read the book. You guys will get it. You know what I'm talking about. You'll say, okay, I know what HH means and I now know how her role is going to be a part of that circle. 
Yep. And how her presence is not only going to bring comfort, that it's a stable presence, it is a warm, but, but Bernice needed that kind of humor. Yes. Because of the way she interacted with the doctor with humor. Yep. Then that set that up. And I'm like, wow, you've even pieced that. You've mm -hmm. even bridged the way that Bernice interacted with one of her professional doctors on the team to give me that kind of clearance of understanding how then she would maybe, maybe more likely receive Carol. You see That's how, yeah. Tell me about this. Tell me about how you did it. <laughs> I mean, I think that, I think my, my process is one where I love people watching. I've always loved people watching. And so it's all about characters. And so for me, I start with who are some interesting people to write about? And that's where First Circle began was around who are some interesting characters I'd like to learn more about and see them take a journey together. And that's where the story really began. So it was starting to think about Bernice uh, early on, and then it was starting to create those folks around her and thinking of very specific profiles that I wanted in those people, either informed by folks that have been in my, my history or parts or attributes of people that have been in my history and bringing that group together and then starting to say, well, what kind of adventure, what sort of story could I tell around them? But that was the start, was around characters and the development of them. So was it around characters or did you know that Dr. Lane, she had her her uh, cancer diagnosis? That, was that, it that or that, was it just characters? Take no, me on a journey. It was about characters first. And the overlay, Jen, for me, was informed by my professional background where I'd been exposed to a concept in, I'd, I've done a lot of consulting work and I worked in one of the big firms, you referenced McKinsey and Company, and they had a mentoring program in McKinsey. And it was a senior professional, was aligned with was anywhere from five to eight junior folks as they started with the firm. So when I first started at McKinsey, I was aligned with a senior partner of the firm and he was my mentor. And he worked with five, six, seven of us, whatever, over the course of our, our time with the firm to help us develop and grow. And I thought, well, what if you translated that into the faith space and a guardian angel? What if you had a guardian angel who was like a mentor to a group of people rather than just one-on-one, -on -one, which is the way most places put guardian angel relationships? I said, well, what, if, what would happen if it was a group? And that was, that, that was the, the light bulb that went off for me to say, oh, now I've got a story to connect those characters that I'd like to work with, with that concept. Now let's take them on the adventure. Let's, let's create the ride. And then I see the professor speaking life. To example, for Roger, when he says, but, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but I don't know how I would be a role model. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know. 14. There's already a captain on the team. Where, where, how do I? And she was like, there's so many places where, so she's mentoring him in exactly. those moments. And then you've got Janet and she's mentoring Rusty. Mm -hmm. And then there, I mean, ah, oh, so. And then, then, then it goes back and forth because you've got moments where Roger will say something from an adolescent perspective of that of a 14 year old to Bernice 
that will be, you know, well, you know, you, you don't pray much. Well, maybe you should. And, and then after he leaves, she goes, well, maybe I should try. Exactly. Exactly. So it, it, it says that mentoring is a two-way street. If it's going to work effectively, it's, it's both directions. And so, yes, there's this guardian angel, but there's a heck of a lot happening amongst the group that's earthbound. Yes. And that, to me, it, um, of course, the supernatural element there, you know, creates that tension and it creates that camaraderie ship and the bringing them together. But the magic that they have between them, their unspoken understandings, the way that they're supporting each other. And yep. even when Rusty, you know, when he's like trying to run away, the spirit just keeps pulling him back and, and, and bringing that message. You know, you need this in your life. This is yes. what you need. You need to listen. You need to be heard. Mm -hmm. You need to be present. Yep. You got just it. Be, the book got it. The book, the book, the book. And, and now it's out there since May 4th, circling around, making an impact. I hope so. That That's it's the goal. Five-star impact on me. Wow. Like, you can't get like, if, if I could get higher than five-star, I would give <laughs> you uh, the five, uh, five first circles, whatever. It's beautiful. It is a beautiful testament to God's people. Oh, well, that's great. And God's love for his people. Right. My hope is that it will both be of interest and help in people's walk, you know, in this world, in this life, both for those that are very faithful church going folks today, but also for the unchurched community, the group that would say, I would never read a book like that. And yet to me, that was part of the intent was to bring in folks that might not be regular church going congregants and be a part of this story that they would be attracted because it's edgy and it's a, it's a story that's set in the real world that I hope brings in a little bit of that population too, to get them enamored with their faith and see how they can build because there are characters in the story that are not deep in their faith, but get deeper incrementally over the course of the, of the story. And through the message, you know, build yes. your faith, build yes. faith. Exactly. You know, and, and each one of those messages, even though it may be specific, like calling a name or or saying, you know, do this with the job, do this with the deal, do this with, a, you know, with your family, talk straight with your family. You know, so many themes are coursing through that book, because, as I said, like each individual person is also dealing with their own set of circumstances. Yes. They're dealing, you know, outside of the professor, they are having their own issues mm -hmm. that the guardian angel is saying, look, I will never leave you or forsake you, said Jesus. Jesus is here in all of the individual mess, in the collective mess. You know, Jesus is there, you know, continue to build your faith. The prayer life is strong in the book. Mm -hmm. You know, I really looked, love to see, like, how can I serve? You mm -hmm. know, questions of, especially with the elder. Yes, Janet. And that retirement, how can I serve? Mm -hmm. What can I do? And then her husband comes along and partners with her. And that just makes her day. It makes that, that move even stronger for her. And, and you see the development of these characters in their own questions that they are wrestling with. 
And then when they come together, it's it's simple. Right, right. It's, it is. it's, it's ever cookies. Yeah, well, well let, let's hope and so. <laughs> they're eating cookies and they're, you know, getting together and they're talking and they're sharing messages, but they're also walking out faith. Yes, yes. They're they're growing. Each of them, I believe, over the, the course of the tale, grow their faith in meaningful ways. And you see that. And it happens individually and it happens collectively. And then you can see it ripple off of them, just as you pointed out with uh, the matriarch at the church, Janet, and her husband, Walt, where they they both make steps forward. And they're probably as deep in the faith as anyone as the book starts but they still move forward. Everyone moves in their journey. And it and it's that to me was part of the story that we all can move forward and it is helped by listening to the divine, but it's also in listening and gaining strength through each other because that is, you know, kind of the power of that community around us is what strengthens us to continue our journey and grow. And that internal dialogue that they have with one another, you know, within themselves. Like yes. You know, what choice do I have here? Which way do I go? Which moves do I make? I receive this message. Do I hear it yep. and move forward? Do I ignore it and keep getting the same message that doesn't go away? <laughs> like, what is it that I have to do? What is my choice? That's correct. And isn't yeah. that true of each of us as we walk this earth? that we have those nudges and there are times when we just, we say, I do not want to hear that. I don't want to listen to that nudge. I don't want to push in that direction. And it takes, you know, kind of the persistence of the nudge, but also listening to those around us to, to keep us moving and hopefully move in a good direction. And so when you first came up with the concept, I love how you started with characters. I love how you asked the question about if a guardian angel could work with a group instead of a one-on-one encounter. So you start asking these whys mm -hmm. you know, around your characters. Did you do any type of timeline plotting, character profiles to get your characters kind of mapped out prior? Or did you sit in front of the blank page and go? I did. I, I tend to be a very analytic person. And so mathematics, mathematics. It, there, you are, there you are, Janet. It doesn't, it doesn't fall too far away from that. <laughs> but in my analytic mindset, I needed to do some structuring of what did my characters really look like. And so I spent a lot of time with flip charts and, you know, white, white blank sheets of paper before I even got on the computer and just said, let's talk about each one of these characters and how would I profile them? What are they all about? Who are they like in my world? Some of them were informed right from the get-go from people I knew. Some needed to evolve into a space so I could start to hear their voice. And then I did more or less, you know, both a, a geography. So I did a map of the area around the city and and the different, you know, Glenwood and Bedrock and, uh, you know, Bedrock Hills, et cetera, that I could, you know, have that sort of mapped out geographically to understand who, where I was going to be working. And then also mapped out the relationships that would emerge over the course of those folks uh, from the beginning that I kind of knew where we were going. A couple of them I didn't know. A couple of them revealed themselves, uh, no spoilers here, but but a couple of revealed themselves as I got further into the book and the writing that it was like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, I didn't, I hadn't thought of that. And that just is obviously the answer here. Oh, I think I might know what you're talking, I'm thinking about a part. 
It could is be. It, it, I'm just so no spoiler alert. If you don't have to, 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 just is it about how they were connected? Yes. Is it? Yes. Yes. I got that. I could yeah. see where that may surprise you because that one threw me too. Yeah. In a moment. Yeah. Good. That was good. Yeah. Because yeah, but that, but that was it was interesting to me, and maybe and maybe you, you have written far more than myself, but for me it was fun. I'd come back. Typically, what I do is I, I'll go and spend several days by myself when I'm writing and just go deep down. And my wife gives me space and she's wonderful like that, where she'll say, just go, you know, go to the beach. I love the beach. So go to the beach, hang out at the beach for a few days and go write. And so I'll come back and I'll say, you'll never guess. You know, I was writing a chapter and you'll never guess who showed up at the door in chapter 27 or whatever it was. And she said, what do you mean yet have no idea? And I said, well, I didn't expect that person, but it, it was obvious that person had to show up at the door. And, and just sometimes the writing just materializes that the characters take you to where they need to be, which was exciting. I have that just very cool when that sort of thing happens. And maybe I, I'm just so new at this that it was like surprising no, to me. <laughs> the joy, listen, listen, the joy never goes away. That's great. It never goes away. And it's because you're honoring that story, that space and that blank page. Sure. And you're honoring the Holy Spirit working through you, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. through you to that page. And so when it starts to take that direction, any type of writing, when it starts to take a different direction and you go, whoa, that wasn't on that flip chart. No, exactly. <laughs> what is that? Then again, we talk about choices. You make those choices. Mm -hmm. I'm only going to stick to my plan or I'm going to stick to the plan that maybe the Lord has for this book, not just necessarily my way, even though he was still in all of that, too. He was all of that into the beginning. But then it's that process that you honor to going through the writing process that brings you joy. And it's a it's a daily awakening to a new adventure or a new scene or a yes. new character. Mm -hmm. And that's what kind of, I think, keeps us fueled as creatives is that we just, we know, but we don't know. Right. right. <laughs> and we're okay with that. Yeah, no, exactly. But that's, that's one of the challenges I have in my very analytic consulting kind of profile is that when you go into a consulting gig, like I've done for many, many years now, you go in, you talk to your client or your prospective client, and you scope out where the project's going to go, and you anticipate the endpoint. And so you go very quickly to a hypothesized vision of where this project's going to end, and you craft that out. So you kind of know. You don't have all the details, but you kind of know. And for me, starting out in, a, in developing a story and not always knowing exactly where it's going to end, that's the challenge. And to be open to the spirit saying, I'm going to take you on a journey with me and I'm going to help and we're going to get there, but take your group of characters and let's get underway and see where we go. That's, it's a challenge, but it's incredibly energizing. And when it happens, it's like, wow, that, that is pure magic. That is just really cool. <laughs> it's satisfying too. Absolutely. I'm sure, because now when you're at the end of this, and then you can look back at how all the pieces lined up. Exactly, exactly. And, and like I said, it is a flawless POV experience, just so seamless. It's almost as if you have this, just this complete mural that all just is vibrant, filled with personality, filled with meaning and message and interpretation. It's just so well 
done, Jim. No. Just so okay. well done. I'll and stop. now that you have <laughs> it, now that you have it, like talk about did you ever expect to publish? Did this seem to you as what you're always your life since you've said 35 years, you know, in this type of arena, and now you've got a novel, a fiction novel. Where did all this begin for you? Well, I mean, when I first wrote it and the idea came together, it took a while to put it together. And and I got to the end where I'd done several drafts that got to a point that I felt good about the manuscript. And I had actually tried back several years ago. I mean, it's been back, you know, five plus years ago at this point that I tried to get it out there, but it was not a space in the publishing industry at that point. There was, it was probably even more than five years ago because there was a recession uh, going on. And so it was very difficult as a fledgling novelist to get anyone interested in in a book. There were not the opportunities. The self-publishing route was just less interesting. And, and I just ended up letting it just sit on the shelf for quite a while. And so I actually thought it's just going to be a wonderful thing that's in my memoir that I've got a manuscript sitting on the shelf and that's where it will be. And then actually when Peter, my son, got his uh, book signing deal with City Limits Publishing, uh, he said, you know, I'd like to introduce you and your book. He said, the manuscript is good. He had read it. He said, I think there might be an opportunity. Let's see what they can do. And so he introduced it to City Limits and that's when it got some traction where they said, this hits the mark. We would like to move forward. And so to me, it was a, a dream that felt like it wasn't going to be realized. And it just took time. And it's more or less one of those things where you can't always plan out precise outcomes or timeline. And you can't set deadlines. Where if I had done that, I would have said, gosh, I could have trashed it. Uh, and it would never have happened. And yet by letting it just gestate and develop and mature and the market changed and city limits came into to being, guess what? We, we got a deal. And so suddenly we're out on the market. And trust me when I tell you that it needs to continue to be pushed out and marketed and promoted so more and more people can have access to the beautiful work that is within the pages of this book. Well, I'm not that somewhere that we're trying, we're trying to do that. So uh, between. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. So that's those next step pieces where, you know, the manuscript is done. It's out. Then what are the next steps? What are your plans for the novel? Sure, sure. And that's one where I probably can take lots of advice and counsel from folks like yourself that have that have worked this path a whole lot more than I have. Uh, I am trying to build more social media presence that it is not something, you know, kind of I'm an old dinosaur, so I don't have quite the social media presence like my 25 year old son does. And so I'm trying to follow in his slipstream, but I've now developed a website and I have starting to grow an Instagram presence and starting to get that back up and running and Facebook and LinkedIn I've had uh, for a while just professionally and, and personally. So I'm using those and then I'm reaching out. So I've thought about who are the, the individuals I think would be helpful to read the book now that it's out and help me through their followers and folks that are interested through them. So several pastors of churches that I've been actively involved in over the years. I'm reaching out to them. And so I just traded notes with one this morning. She had been the uh, the, the, the overall uh, general presbyter of the Presbyterian Church USA. And so I reached out to her and I said, hey, would you be open to reading a copy of, of the book? 
uh, and giving feedback on it. And she said, oh, I'd love to. And hey, you know, if if I get something and feel good about it, she's going to push it. She said, oh, I'll put it up on my, you know, I'll push it with my followers. And it's like, well, that I'd be honored if that happens. So we'll see. But I'm starting to think about that and then starting to think about other angles with local media. And then I'll start to ripple out from there is my hope with some time. And then even like you said, next steps for the book, because you do leave that message yes. of healing. You know, it could happen again. But have any other ideas come to visit you? Have you been receiving any other messages from <laughs> out there on some other works or some other book ideas? Well, there, there's, there, are, there are definitely a couple of things that are floating around, Jen. And there's one that I'm kind of working on. It wouldn't be a direct sequel, but it's a follow-on with the notion of this paranormal idea and sort of spirit-filled emphasis, but with a different group of folks and, and with very different purpose. So that when I'm playing with that idea, I'm, I'm still crafting that as to whether I've got the right the right angle on the story. Again, where am I starting? It's with the characters. So I've got my group of characters that have emerged and I've been trading notes a little bit with my son, Peter, on this, just to say, because he knows some of the people that I base it on. And he'd say, oh, oh, I like, those are a couple of great characters. They would be fun to see you develop them from a story perspective. So I'm working on that. And so that's beginning to get underway. And the other angle I've been working on for a while now um, is I write in verse quite a bit. And and, I, and it's humorous verse. It's sort of kind of Dr. Seuss-ish style verse. Not quite as fantasy, but but in that space. And I've written several, they're not quite children's books, but they could be read as a children's book or at the next tier above. So you could have almost like Disney st Pixar stories with adult meaning, but with a children's approach. And so I've got a couple of those that are in decent shape. So I may try to push on that angle, but... I don't know whether that will confuse an audience if I now start going down a very different path. So that's another time will tell. Yes, and I follow authors that are multi-genre authors because I am as well. And I get my strength from also seeing that they're out just honoring what stories come their way, going mm -hmm. afterwards, chasing them and then letting them fly. They do, you know, multiple arenas in their life and they manage it quite well. That's nice. Yeah, I, I, I took that nourishment from looking at your own materials and your website, and you've got such a broad array of different genres in which you write and have been successful and gotten the word out there. And that said, hmm, that's interesting because that gives me some confidence looking forward to say, well, maybe there are different spaces because I've also thought, well, given my business background, I could do something in that space too. And so I've been working on this series of just mini little webinars that I've just begun to craft that I'm going to put up through my website in the coming coming weeks. And, and so that's been a fun space. And maybe that could evolve into something that becomes publishing worthy. But there again, I'm, I'm a little open-ended. I want to see how this first one kind of gets off the ground, I suppose. <laughs> but I have a feeling that words have been with you for a very long time, and they have been a strong part of your life. How about early influences for you with your writing and for reading? Like, how much research have you done in the genres, or do you just read in a specific genre? What's your background with that? I, well, I, I, I am an avid reader. Uh, I read a lot of mainstream thriller kind of books. So I'm, you know, big on some big name players like, you know, Boldacci and Patterson and Meltzer and folks like that, that I just think tell very good stories. 
And so I'm, I've always got one of them on my Kindle that I'm reading somewhere uh, along the way. But I've, I've been a writer from way back. I think that when they talk about the, the five love languages and words of affirmation, that's kind of my space that I think that I both receive love that way, but I think I also have given love that way through words. And so I've always been a creative writer. I've written in verse for, I don't know how I ever got started, but I've been writing in it for probably 40 plus years. Everything from invitations to parties, to love notes to my now wife, uh, to oh, you know, kind of birth announcements for our children when they were born, to our Christmas card every year is done in verse that tells the story of our year. So we've got 30 some years of Christmas cards that are done in verse that we've created a book out of those that we now have that tells the story of our family in verse. So I've always had that writing orientation. And I think that's what got me into this path of saying, well, let's try something a little bigger and got me pushing in this direction. Well, I'm so thankful that you walked in that direction because <laughs> then I've had an opportunity to read First Circle, and now it is a part of my consciousness, my life, my experience, my bookshelf, but it's more a part of me because of the powerful messages that you have just beautifully placed in the book, oh. just throughout. Like, seriously, I can't wait to read every single thing you do. Oh. If you ever need a beta reader in the future, I'm a fan. You got to send me your stuff your way, the, my right. way. I'm, I'm here to support your work. I'm here to support your journey. I just love to see like beautiful work in print and yours is yours. The book that matters. Well, that Jen, matters. You're, you're like I said at the top end, you're, you're being so kind and, and you, you're Great. first on my list to get advanced reader copies in the future. I'll make sure yes. it comes out that it's coming your way. So I'll, I'll need Please. your advice though, on how to, how to think about how to, promulgate it and distribute and move it out so that more people can get in touch with it and hopefully be moved by it. That's that's the goal is to move people in their thinking and in their journeys and maybe entertain them a little bit along the way. And that's and you know I was thinking of the word entertainment earlier when you were talking about you were considering your readership and you were thinking about who would these you know readers be that sure. are potentially going to read my book? And you know that's a great place to start. It's making your list of readers, and then how can you move from that to how can you get into those spaces? And you've yep. already started doing that, you know, with church and all of that. But then you've also got a reader there that reads, you know, literary fiction that would just love a great book, a, a well-told book. And that's what you've got. And so, you know, pushing it out there to the mainstream can be very powerful, yep. getting this into the hands of the mainstream yeah. as well. And so that's just that broadening that reach, broadening that scope, um, because this book is worthy of being in all of those places. Wow. Wow. Um, just well, so, so lovely, so lovely, so glad that you've had this time to share your process. I love it. I love learning about, you know, how people approach their stories. You, sure. you know, learning how you started with your characters. I believe it because your characters, man, you craft not only the plot and the POV switching and all that, but your characters. I love them. <laughs> I love them. Now, you know, my favorite, I have to say, was Janet. Like, I loved, you know, just her whole angle into that. Yes. I, I really resonated with her. 
Yep. She was like, you know, how I could see myself elder me. Yep. Um, I, I just loved her and I aspire to be more, you know, like that each and every day. Um, so all the characters though. That's all great. I, 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 that's the thing that that just gets me energized because I can I can now picture them in my mind, you know, kind of so clearly, and they still make me laugh. Uh, particularly some of them, Bernice, you know, with some of her oh. lines, and Carol uh, in particular, they just they just still make me smile. And it's like I know I'm biased. I mean, that's that's the you know the the the, the writing thing in, in an author, I suppose, but. Gosh, I mean, I can still chuckle when I'll read a line and it's like, I cannot believe that that's what Bernice is saying here. So, <laughs> But you can feel that joy in the pages. Good. You can feel that. And it does bring you that light moment in a dark time. Mm -hmm. And in tough times, in hardships, in really dark places. And this book can take you to some of those. But then it will bring you right back to there is a greater purpose than just yes. us. Yes. And, and then you you keep bringing it back again. And so you you took us on like the reader on a special ride of just human nature, relationship, connection, the power of community, listening, paying attention. Mm -hmm. the power of paying attention. Yep. No, for sure. Absolutely, for sure, and being in, and being becoming intentional in your actions. Yes. Yep. Becoming intentional and then walking in that purpose. Yes. You know, continuing Correct. to walk through that with the consistency, and then if you fall away, bringing yourself back to what truly matters, and and you've got it in the heart of our nice. circle. I uh, yeah. just loved it. So you said you're building up your platforms. you got to let fine. everybody know where can they find you? Where do you like to like engage with readers? Because then when they go and get first circle, they can go find you and say, wow, what a book. Let's retweet this out. No, for sure. No, no. I'm delighted to, uh, to share. Uh, I am, I have been on Facebook. It's just, you know, no, no, nothing secret. It's Jim Fenton on Facebook and I'm on LinkedIn, but I've also been starting to build my Instagram presence. Uh, my username on there is Lank Jim, uh, like Lancaster, L-A-N-C Jim. Uh, so I'm told that's not a great user handle, but you know, we'll see right at the moment. That's what I'm using. Uh, but that's on Instagram. And then I have a website that I have developed that covers the whole platform of what I do, consulting, webinars, and publishing. And that is jimfenton.net. And that's all one word, jimfenton.net. And that is the the current website. So, and I try to keep that up to date and and they all give you links for, you know, being able to text me or to email me, et cetera. So I think that should give people good direction. Yep. And your website is beautiful. It's beautiful. It's so well-crafted and it says consultant and creative. And you have your publishing work there. You've got your upcoming webinars there that you said you're getting ready to roll out. Yep. So I'm just really looking forward to everything that you're going to be putting out there in the writing space. Huge fan, Jim. And I'm so blessed that I've had this opportunity, one, to read your book, to meet you, to talk about it all. And just know that as soon as I'm off of here, this is being shared out with the world, but you're getting five-star reviews everywhere out there wow. on First Circle. Because, guys, I mean it. This is a book that matters and you need it on your bookshelf. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, guys. Jim, thank you for being here with me. Jen, thank you. I really appreciate it. It's been an honor to spend time with you. And I so appreciate you making the time to uh, to talk with me and to share some of this story 
and also your own feedback on it. Thank you. You've blessed my, my day immeasurably. Uh, thanks. All right, guys. We'll talk to you a lot later. Now that you found me on the Jen Lowry Writes podcast, I challenge you to head over to where books are sold and find me there. I've published 11 books so far, and I write clean books for all ages. Horror, paranormal, sweet romance, fantasy, historical fiction, you name it. I've got your genre. Search Jen Lowry at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Kobo, and more. And for my Bible devotionals, you'll see my full name, Dr. Jennifer Eichner Lowry on Amazon. So I challenge you today to go out there and write something inspiring and share it with the world. Thanks for joining me on Jen Lowry Writes. You guys have a blessed day.